Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The JLab JBuds line has something for everyone. Are you a JBuds mini kind of person? Those are the smallest earbuds on the market by a major brand. They're compact. They fit on your keychain. They are perfect for on the go. And they come in really cute colors. Or are you going to do the JBuds Air Sport, which has a secure fit, they're sweatproof, and they have the be aware mode that allows you to exercise while still being aware of your surroundings. Well, I need that because I run outside. You always got to be on alert. Okay, I'm getting some of those. You can do that too. Use Nikki25 for 25% off your order. Visit JLab.com. To find your kind of tech. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of. One that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Hi, everybody. Robert Evans here. And my novel, After the Revolution, is available for pre-order now from akpress.org. Now, if you go to akpress.org, you can find After the Revolution. Just Google akpress.org, After the Revolution. You'll find a list of participating indie bookstores selling my book. And if you pre-order now from either of these independent bookstores or from AK Press, you'll get a custom signed copy of the book, which I think is pretty cool. You can also pre-order it in physical or in Kindle form from Amazon or pretty much wherever books are sold. So please Google AK Press after the revolution um, or find an indie bookstore in your area and pre-order it. You'll get a signed copy and you'll make me very happy. Ah, I don't... How how do I Sophie? How do I introduce part three of the of the Kissinger series? You just my, my, you just did it. Gareth and Dave are right here. They're waiting for something good, and I just I'm just I'm fucking it up, Sophie. I mean, Oof. yeah, but you yeah. did you you accidentally introduced the podcast, which is behind the bastards. Well, behind the dollops, dollop the bastards, dollop the bastards, dollop the bastards. A like- hybrid podcast, and like all hybrids, it is incapable of procreating. That's right, but. Better at getting up steep mountain passes. <laughs> it's we getting can, a little goaty uh, now. We can multiply by cell division, but not mm-hmm. not through sexual. Uh, yeah, avenues. yeah. We've tried. Yeah, we have, we have. We're in that <laughs> process. Boy, <laughs> howdy, have we tried? <laughs> so since we last recorded a podcast, uh, war has broken oh, out in. I was just thinking <laughs> Eastern that. Europe. Um, oh God, three days. 
we, yeah. well, we like ended it and then it was like, oh, wow, it's happening. And yeah, then now it. it feels like it's been two months since then. <laughs> Had a brief conversation. What do you think's going to happen? And then immediately yeah. checked our phones to be like, oh, OK, so they're oh, shelling wow. all over the place. Oh, Great. Okay. Oh, so y'all, are, are we ready to learn about Henry Kissinger and a little country you might have heard of called Cambodia? Oh, God. <laughs> and also a separate country you might have heard <sighs> of, of called Laos. And also Vietnam still. So that energy. I am. Let's go. (laughs) Let's do it. Yeah. So on February 14th, Valentine's Day, 1965, President Lyndon B. Johnson approved Operation Rolling Thunder. This was a long-term campaign of aerial bombing against North Vietnam. Its primary aims were to help the morale of the South Vietnamese uh, and the Saigon government, to persuade North Vietnam to stop supporting the Viet Cong, and to destroy the North Vietnamese transportation infrastructure and industrial base so as to stop them from sending men and equipment south. Uh, It did not succeed, uh, as a spoiler. (laughs) None of this this works. (laughs) Like, it's just amazing that, like, you have all this firepower, you have all these planes... And really, you're talking about destroying, like, railroads and shipping stuff. And, like, underground tunnels, too. This is the Ho Chi Minh Trail, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, is that what we're talking about, the Ho Chi Minh Trail? I yes. Mean, okay. Yeah. And it, well, then they were I mean, never going to do that. No. It, 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 this is, like, a lesson that no one ever learns in warfare, because you can also point to, like, the saturation bombing of Germany, which had a minimal effect on German industrial production. You could talk about, like, what's happening right now in Ukraine, which has not succeeded in its strategic aims. You could talk about a number of wars the U.S. has been involved in. You could talk about, like, World War One, where the British would f- drop a million shells in a couple of hours on a chunk of trench line and then all get killed by machine gun fire because the shells didn't do enough. Like... military leaders always have this idea that we can just bomb our problems away and it just never really works. Yeah, no, it doesn't. It's, yeah. You know what it does? It it terrifies the, the civilian population. It sure does. Yes. Um, and it helps the Pentagon a lot. I think it does help the Pentagon. It makes money for people. So I guess to that extent, it succeeds in its goal. And well, Operation yeah. Rolling Thunder <laughs> did make some people a lot of money. Um, it continued for three straight years until November of 1968. During this period, Air Force, Navy and Marine Corps planes threw more than 300,000 attack sorties, which dropped more than 864,000 tons of bombs. Oh, for reference, the United States dropped half a million tons of bombs in the Pacific theater during all of World war two um yeah it is hard to exaggerate the extent to which we bombed the shit out of north vietnam to no notable effect uh according to our trustworthy friends at the cia the raids did 500 million dollars in damage killed 21,000 people and injured more than 30,000 more the cia says that 75 percent of all casualties were people involved in military operations u.s (laughs) government estimates not by the cia however estimate at least 30,000 civilian fatalities other estimates place the civilian death toll much higher at close to 200,000 civilians um Mm. Probably fair to say north of 100,000, you know, Um, a lot, a lot of folks. Um, By the time Kissinger and Nixon took office, it was clear that Rolling Thunder had failed miserably. This was due in part to the existence of the Ho Chi Minh Trail. In 1959, this is before U.S. soldiers had officially entered the country, the trail had been created under order by the Lao Dong, which is the Communist Party of Vietnam, to aid them in what was at that point a building conflict with South Vietnam. At the start, it led across just the demilitarized zone into Khe Sanh in South Vietnam. Porters would carry boxes of ammunition and rifles on their body, which they would then 
hand to insurgents in the South. Over time, the trail was expanded to a vast underground transit network, more than 12,000 miles in size, capable of moving more than 10,000 troops and thousands of trucks per year. As the fighting escalated, the trail veered into Laos, where the government was engaged fighting its own insurgency and unable to stop the transit of weapons. The Ho Chi Minh Trail allowed North Vietnam to smuggle equipment south and to evade the U.S. naval blockade that sought to choke it out. Today, even Defense Department sources recognize it as one of the greatest logistical successes of 20th century warfare. It, it works pretty good, <laughs> this it's, trail. It's, it's amazing to think of the number of bombs you're talking about, and then a, they they made a tunnel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not Turns only out did they make a... They dug a hole. Not, <laughs> yeah, it, like it, a not, really good hole, but... <laughs> It's like it's, El Chapo. It's not just yeah. it's not just a tunnel. It's 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 in a jungle. Like we're talking about a very difficult sort of yeah. environment to make yeah. a tunnel. It, it's not that like it's incredible what they did. Yeah. Uh, so LBJ's administration sent planes into Laos to bomb the trail uh, and to escort Laotian planes while they bombed the trail. When U.S. airmen were killed or captured over Laos, their families were told they'd gone down in Southeast Asia to allow LBJ to claim uh, he'd abided by his 1964 election promise to avoid a wider war. Cambodia was bombed as well, but during LBJ's administration, Laos was considered a more important target. They thought more stuff was getting into Vietnam through Laos. This changed in 1968, when the Tet Offensive made it clear that that North Vietnam had gotten very good at running troops in and out of Cambodia. Johnson hadn't been willing to escalate the bombing campaign against a neutral country though, especially since, again, there was this big election going on and he was kind of having his vice president run on the promise that, like, we're really going to end this thing. So, you know, LBJ, when he's trying to tease North Vietnam with a bombing halt, isn't going to just start laying into Cambodia. Right. In the spring of 1969, after, you know, Kissinger and Nixon took office, they approved the expanded use of U.S. special forces in Laos, along with a campaign of sustained airstrikes. This was called Operation Steel Tiger. (sighs) All of these, just, so dumb. Just I mean, the stupidest names. They're yeah, always, they're always so yeah. dumb. Yeah, yeah. We, I mean, we the marketing that we have gone for mm-hmm. in this country for so long has been so absurd. Steel Tiger. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, they're just taking Y and T album names at this point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if only they'd gone with like Prince Operation Purple Rain, but it's like uh. the defoliant that gives everyone cancer. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so it sh- I should note here that all secret operations carried out by any U.S. forces anywhere in the world during the Nixon administration were approved personally by Henry Kissinger. Henry was the chairman of something called the 40 Committee. Hell. Oh, sorry. <laughs> the chair, yes. <laughs> this was a semi-secret body that had been set up to provide management and oversight to CIA covert operations. The committee was made up of members of the National Security Council. They concerned themselves regularly with the question of how to stop weapons from flowing into Vietnam. By this point, trails ran through parts of Laos and Cambodia, but also from the Vietnam-Chinese border. So Kissinger, as the head of this committee, considers a number of ways to stop weapons from getting into, nucle- or to, from getting into North Vietnam, including the use of thermonuclear weapons to annihilate the railways between North Vietnam and China, which is out of its entire damn mind. And to be fair, is nuts enough that even Kissinger is like, no, that's a little too far. (laughs) Let's let's sleep Um, on this. He also considered bombing the dikes that kept North Vietnam's irrigation system from flooding all of its fields. Both of these would have been war crimes on a titanic scale. Um, thankfully, Kissinger declined to do either in favor of a completely different set of war crimes. So that's good. That's, that's nice. nice. At yeah. least he picked. Yeah. yeah. 
I don't, let's do a different thing. He he decides which war crimes to commit, like we decide like jeans or sweatpants in the morning. This, you know? That'd be nice. I mean, I think that would go really well with what we're doing now. That'll really tie the whole thing together. Yeah, that's <laughs> quite a life. So immediately after taking office, Henry helps his new boss put together a menu of bombardment targets in Cambodia. This Ugh. is literally called Operation Menu. Each... No. no! Yeah. What? Have I you mean... bombed with us before? Have you yeah. ever bombed with us before? <laughs> Try the specials. We've got some great ideas on specials right Be now. sure to tip your bombardier. Tip your bombardier. Get the sample platter. That, that was, that's what... <laughs> I don't. Re- I, I actually don't recall off the top of my head which bombing operation McCain was involved in, but there's a good, there's a good tip joke to be made there. Somebody will figure it out. Um, <laughs> we'll, di- we'll do it in post. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Uh, different o- or parts of Operation Menu had code names. Different targets had code names like breakfast, lunch, oh snack, dinner, dessert. What? Oh. Why? It's. I mean, it is one thing to be like so sadistic it, mm-hmm. and it's just another thing to tie it into do you, you want to try brunch yeah should you we want do a brunch? Uh? yeah we're going back to brunch finally under uh, under the watchful uh, eye of the nixon <laughs> they'll never take this away from us um so well, it's nice yeah that, it's nice that slaughter can be fun like you can find fun yeah ways yeah it's the slaughter. you should it, yeah you gotta love what you do dave otherwise That's it's right. just gonna feel like work you know uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> so before they bef- began this series of bombings, the Joint Chiefs of Staff, they warned the White House, quote, some Cambodian casualties would be sustained in the operation and that, quote, the surprise effect of attack could tend to increase casualties. So they're like, the fact that we're not warning anyone and that we're keeping this a secret means more civilians will die. Like, heads up, so you know what you're doing, this is this is what's going to happen. Um, Now, as they approached the question of bombing Cambodia, Kissinger and Nixon had a choice. They could either tell Congress or they could hide what they were doing and use the presidential Mm. power over the armed services to appropriate funds from other places in order to carry out the bombing in secret. Mm. Nixon had been elected with Kissinger's help, in part due to the LBJ administration's failure to end the war. He didn't want to go into 1972's reelection campaign having to defend the fact that he expanded it. Henry Kissinger worked with Colonels Alexander Haig and Ray Sitton to figure out a way for the president to direct bombing operations in a private manner. And I'm going to quote from Kissinger's Shadow by Greg Grandin. Sitton, based on recommendations he received from General Creighton Abrams, the commander of military operations in Vietnam, would work up a number of targets in Cambodia to be struck. Then he would bring them to Kissinger and Haig in the White House for approval. Kissinger was very hands-on, revising some of Sitton's work. I don't know what he was using as his reason for varying them, Sitton later recalled. Strike here in this area, Kissinger would tell him, or strike there in that area. Once Kissinger was satisfied with the proposed target, Sitton would back-channel the coordinates to Saigon, and from there, a courier would pass them on to the appropriate radar stations, where an officer would make a last-minute switch. The B-52 would be diverted from its cover target in South Vietnam into Cambodia, where it would drop its bomb load on the real target. When the run was complete, the officer in charge of the deception would burn whatever documents, maps, computer printouts, radar reports, messages, and so on, that might reveal the actual flight. Then he would write up false post-strike paperwork, indicating that the South Vietnam sortie was flown as planned it's so much work yeah it reminds me of when i used to skip school that like the lengths i would go to to get away with cutting class and like the the point would be made always to me like if you put this focus towards studying you'd probably you'd spend less time and it would be more effective but instead you just waste so much instead of just stopping you you do all this gymnastics just to continue the thing that is 
the problem that makes the yeah. problem compound. Yeah, it's they, they really are, are going through a lot of work to illegally bomb a neutral country. To um, look like yeah. they're not bombing. Yeah, to look like they're not. Um, it's gaslighting, you know. This is this. That's yeah. what the, that's what this is, Kissinger. Yeah. You know, let's. We're finally going to get him canceled. This is going to yeah. be what I, does I, it. I, I, man, I, it would be imagine uncancelable. Like we're we're going to do to Kissinger what Hannibal Burris did to Cosby. Oh yeah. man! Oh come on! Come on! Uh, so. You know, obviously, this is very illegal. Um, there's a lot of, and there's a lot of parts of it that are illegal. For example, the military has a chain of command, uh, and Sitton was bypassing his bosses in the Department of Defense because he's just a colonel, right? Like colonels don't get to—that's not their right. like you're not at that level, right? So he is he is bypassing the normal chain of command in order to directly orchestrate an illegal bombing campaign with the White House and kind of cutting out a chunk of the Pentagon. Sitton knew at the time that it was weird to cut his commanding officers out and report directly to Henry Kissinger. He later recalled, I kind of felt I was way out on a limb and skating on some pretty thin ice with all my trips to the west basement of the White House. Yeah. Where he's meeting with... Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to a secret basement. Yeah. To, to, and it, to talk it, about it, bombing. Like, maybe maybe this isn't how it's supposed to be done. It feels this naughty. doesn't seem like a democracy. It feels bad. <laughs> I feel like been, we shouldn't uh, be doing things like this in a basement. You, you come to secret democracy basement. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the people voted for this basement. Do the so, fun knock. So I know it's you. I, I noted here that they kind of cut out a large chunk of like the military command apparatus to do this, which doesn't mean that those guys were against what they were doing. And in fact, all of Sitton's superiors knew what he was doing. They just didn't want to be involved because, again, it was a crime, you know? So, like, so, they, so they're like they're down with the cutout because yeah. they're just like, yeah, you do it. Yeah, I, mean, I don't want my it, name on this that's shit. That's fucking crazy, but yeah. go with it for sure. I love yeah. it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I like, we love it. Keep me out of the loop, but I yeah, love they, it. Yeah, they didn't know about the bombing of Cambodia the same way I have never known a pot dealer. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, so Sitton would regularly, like, I don't know, I'm not going to say this is to his credit, but he was like, this is weird. And he would go, he did on a couple of occasions go to his superiors and was like, are you okay with this? And his exact phrasing bye, bye, bye. of what they responded was, "Just do just what you're doing. When you get a call to go to the White House, go, because you don't really have a choice. Which is great. Oh my God. It's God. Like, so good. It's, it's straight out of the show Snowfall. Like it's yeah. just, like this shit just happens all the time. Yeah, this is what happened with Iran-Contra. It was the same fucking shit. That, you know, yeah. yeah. It's all crimes. And it's worth noting that like, the United States is going to war with a neutral country in secret under the personal direction of a guy who several months ago had been a Harvard professor. Like Kissinger right. is not even a year distant from being well, a fucking teacher. And this and now he is orchestrating a secret war in Cambodia. I mean, and, and like I, I love the I love the 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 beginning thing where you said there's like a guy whose job it is to pick targets and he's picking mm -hmm. targets and Nick and Kissing just taking the maps and going, no, I like oh. this bomb here. Like just totally random. He doesn't have any fucking idea what he's doing. He's yeah. just like, I, that hill looks like it should go away. It, he has not even begun to micromanage this, this war crime, Dave. <laughs> 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 so the purpose of this illegal bombing campaign was not just to stop the movement of Vietnamese troops and materiel. It also paid, play, it also played a role in advancing what Nixon called his madman theory. 
Now, the president had shared this with close confidants prior to the 1968 election. He told his future chief of staff that, in order to negotiate an end to the war with favorable terms, he felt he had to make the North Vietnamese, quote, believe I've reached a point where I might do anything to stop the war. We'll just slip the word to them that, for God's sake, you know Nixon is obsessed about communists. We can't restrain him when he's angry, and he has his hand on the nuclear button, and Ho Chi Minh himself will be in Paris in two days begging for peace. Which is like the idea someone's like, so you want us to try to convey that you're crazy? Okay, yeah. that seems, um, I think it's coming across, sir, honestly. Yeah. I think that's already <laughs> sort know, of, that's knows. baked into this whole thing a little bit. It's also very funny that like, they are trying to scare Ho Chi Minh, who at this point is fighting his second winning war against a major world power right. with like a very, very small number of people. You know, yeah. like yeah. North, North Vietnam, not a big country compared to, say, the French imperial forces or right. the United yeah. States. He's not a kind of you're not going to scare Ho Chi Minh, right? He's not. not he's not point. a guy who gets spooked. Yeah, no, it's over. It, that's yeah. just absolutely not happening at this point. Yeah. Now, Kissinger either believed in his boss's plan or understood that he had to play along. Greg Grandin argues that Nixon's madman theory was actually just an extension of the foreign policy arguments that Kissinger himself had been making for years. Quote, Toughness, after all, was a leitmotif that run through much, ran through much of his statecraft. The idea that war and diplomacy are inseparable, and that, to be effective, diplomats need to be able to punish and persuade in equal, unrestricted measure. In fact, the madman theory was an extension of Kissinger's philosophy of the deed, that power wasn't power unless one was willing to use it, that the purpose of action was to neutralize the inertia of inaction. I mean, it like it. I, it's not. A, I mean, it's not a double down. It's like you've. It's eighteen double downs. But at some point, it, you just. I, I at least in my lifetime had a moment where I did believe that there were there were people who were who would like point out the crazy shit. Yeah. And the more you learn, the more you go. No, there's just there's not. They are just all like it's like a bunch of junkies figuring out how to get more junk. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, it's just how do you get through the day? It's not long-term anything. Yep. You know, there's a degree to which, and and this is like one of the things that's most frustrating about this, part of how this always gets justified is there's legitimate logic in that, yeah, Hitler gobbled up a bunch of little chunks of of Western Europe and nobody stopped him and they should have, like something should have been done, like when he decided to take Czechoslovakia, you know, or during the Angelus or certainly... You know, like there, and they take this logic of like, yeah, if you have this like massive militarized nation gobbling up its neighbors, you can't just necessarily do nothing. And they apply that to like, well, okay, we've got to bomb Cambodia because some dudes are hiking right. through it with guns on their back. Like Cha- that's Chamberlain, a nonsense escalation. <laughs> Cha- Chamberlain also is always in play there too, because it's like everyone's like, oh, you, you don't want to be Chamberlain. Yeah. We're appeasing North <laughs> Vietnam if we don't drop more bombs than were dropped in all of World War II on Cambodia. Yeah, <laughs> it's, on it's, Cambodia. It's this nonsense escalation of 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 logic of historical logic that's like like someday Nixon's yeah. just going to look in the mirror and be like, sometimes I think I'm I'm just fighting a war inside of myself. <laughs> there actually are some quotes from Kissinger that aren't all that far off, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. A common misconception about relationships is they have to be easy to be right. That if you don't just fit together automatically with someone, there's no way to make it better. Well, that's simply not true. We all come from different places. We all have different experiences. 
Friction is a natural part of the human experience, and not just with other people. We all face friction within ourselves. And therapy can be a good place to work through that friction, to smooth it out, and, you know, to help you with the challenges you face in all of your relationships, whether they're with your friends, your roommate, your work, your significant other, your kid. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, you might consider giving BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit BetterHelp.com Behind today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot Behind. BetterHelp.com Behind today. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The JLab JBuds line has something for everyone. Are you a JBuds mini kind of person? Those are the smallest earbuds on the market by a major brand. They're compact, they fit on your keychain, they are perfect for on the go, and they come in really cute colors. Or are you going to do the JBuds Air Sport, which has a secure fit, they're sweatproof, and they have the be aware mode that allows you to exercise while still being aware of your surroundings. Well, I need that because I run outside. You always got to be on alert. Okay, I'm getting some of those. You can do that too. Use Nikki25 for 25% off your order. Visit JLab.com. Come to find your kind of tech. Hey guys, Rob Parker here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer. Making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck like the rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower further than ever before or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma delivering trail dominating power and captivating style the new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true and with the new available tech this legendary truck is getting even better and when you buy a Toyota truck you buy Toyota dependability meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future so visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com Toyota, let's go places We're back So, the first bombing mission in this operation was launched on March 18th, 1969 Kissinger was in conversation at the time when he was interrupted with a note telling him that the bombing run had been a success. He smiled and then sent the information on to the president. Nixon's chief of staff later recalled, Historic day. Kissinger really excited. He came in beaming with the report. Now, it was noted by people who were around the White House that Nixon, that Kissinger seemed to enjoy, quote, playing the bombardier, taking great pains to direct the destruction. Seymour, Seymour Hirsch wrote that, quote, when the military men presented a proposed bombing list, Kissinger would redesign the missions, shifting a dozen planes, perhaps, from one area to another and altering the timing of the bombing runs. 
And it, does, yeah, it has no fucking expertise in this area. Absolutely none. His ex, he's a fucking nerd who reads books. Like, you don't it's know like, anything about what to bomb, Henry. It's like me showing up at a hospital and being like, all right, give me this surgical schedule. Yeah. I, I need to start working these surgeries and uh, getting them in order. Like, yeah, it's, it, it's fucking crazy. It, it is. <laughs> I mean, it, it, this is a, there's a human impulse here. Right? We're seeing it in Ukraine where all these like random people are being like, here's how you disable a tank. And it's like, you've never disabled yeah. a tank. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Like, you're not going to like throwing paint on it isn't going to stop it. You're going to get people killed if anyone's stupid enough to listen to you. Shut up. It just like Kissinger is actually in a power to really do that. And there's this. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is that makes some people certain that like they know how to prosecute an entire war based on their experience reading well, a lot of books at a school. And there's and there's it doesn't sound like there's anybody who's going like, no, that doesn't make any sense. Is this out of its mind? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so it's just like it, it is. It's just people being like, OK, sure. Because there's a lot. Obviously, the the unrestricted drone warfare that that escalated during the Obama administration and continued at an even higher pace under Trump is indefensible morally. But also the way that it tended to work was like you would get, you know, these guys, the the administration, whichever one it was, would say like, these are the things we are, we're, we are going to target with drones. And then the military would bring them like, well, here are the different options for strikes that we have. And they would like pick which one to do. Kissinger is literally taking the maps from them, erasing their plans and like writing in his own. Um, which is so like, just like a so coach, it's a coach in the, it's someone in yeah. the, the huddle with an actual, like with coach K he's mm -hmm. drawing a play on a whiteboard and then a fan just scribbles it out and like rubs it all down <laughs> with his arm. And then he's like, instead, why don't we all run up the court at the same time? And then we pass the <laughs> yeah. ball a bunch and try to do it that way. Make someone head the ball into the net. Huh? It's, it's, I, I, I think, yeah. I'm just upset because I, I bought 40 gallons of paint. Mm -hmm. Because you were going to try to knock out a, <laughs> a couple of tanks. The coming tank war. And now I, the whole fucking thing is shot. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, there, there are some things paint is good at uh, when it comes to conflict. <laughs> there were some very funny moments in one of the big chud fights we had up in Portland where kids filled a fire extinguisher with paint and like ruined thousands uh, of dollars oh, in tactical gear. That was oh, nice. That was good. <laughs> wow. Yes. Look, that's not to say that amateurs never have good ideas, but <laughs> <laughs> they were not amateurs at that point, though. Those kids had been fighting those proud boys for a minute. So Kissinger's extraordinary degree of control over the situation was possible because he had literally reformed the entire national security apparatus around himself. Nixon wanted a buffer from his own secretary of state, which provided Henry with the opportunity to take as much power and centralize it around the national security advisor. And he could do this as long as he kept Nixon happy. Under Kissinger, the National Security Council, which he headed, became the center of U.S. foreign policy. A massive bureaucracy fed piles of information, embassy cables, cables intelligence reports, etc., straight to Henry Kissinger. He decided, he's again, Henry is where all of the information from this vast apparatus that the U.S. has to gather information, right? The eyes and ears of the president, you know, all of the things that are supposed to provide the president with information – all of that comes directly to Henry, and he decides what to give the president. And he was a teacher. And he was like, a, a like, year before. He was a guy whose primary claim to fame before this was, we need more nukes. We don't have enough fucking nukes. Uh, right? And also, we should use them whenever. Um, 
it's I, I was just watching there's a great documentary called Command and Control that's about a nuclear disaster in the US in 1980 that nearly killed half of the people on the East Coast that enough folks don't know about a guy accidentally dropped a bolt and it ignited oh, yeah. part of a nuclear missile and it nearly killed everyone on the what? eastern seaboard yeah, 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 yeah it was yeah. it was a big old it was a big kerfuffle um and Oopsies. uh so this guys it, there's the a screw lot fell in the thing <laughs> <laughs> That's nuts about it. But one of the things it pointed out, I think we have, Sophie can Google this for me. I think we have about 6,000 nuclear weapons right now, which is way too many. But as uh, a result. We have, yeah, we have the, so the Soviet Union. Russia has around 6,000. We have around 4,800, I think. 4,800. So that's too much. Both countries have too many nukes. I think we can all say it's that's a fair. It's a I'm lot. Not, I'm not signing but off on that. As a result, in part of Kissinger's, we have a missile gap and we need to build more. By this point in the mid-60s, there are 32,000 nuclear weapons oh, in the United my States. God. <laughs> like it is... Yeah. That's even an aside because it, it's yeah. like a Kardashian <laughs> with shoes. Well, yeah. I feel my thing has always been every every person who owns property should be allowed to have a nuke your own nuke yeah. look yeah. look i, I think we can all agree it, you know what you know what there wouldn't be if everyone had a nuke dave no knock mm. raids by the cops that's true you're not gonna <laughs> have any so of that true. shit that <laughs> they ain't gonna so be busting true. down doors yeah <laughs> no come on in guys it's fine <laughs> doors open asshole <laughs> real different situation re the cops if everybody's got a nuke other problems though there would there would be some other problems i don't see any Couple. other problems <laughs> yeah so um anyway kissinger is the the Kissinger is effectively turned himself into the eyes and ears of the United States military apparatus. He decides <laughs> what's insane. The, it's fucking crazy. He, you, you can argue he's one of the two or three most powerful people who's ever lived at this point. Oh There's, an God. argument could be made. Um, so Marvin and Bernard Kolb, who were both diplomats at this point, describe what Henry builds here as Henry's wonderful machine. Quote, since Kissinger... <laughs> I know. Like Willy Wonka. Mr. Megorium's nuclear emporium. <laughs> Since Kissinger controlled the system, he controlled the decision-making process. Everyone reports to Kissinger, and only Kissinger reports to the president. This setup allowed Henry to micromanage bombing campaigns, over order covert arms deals, and engage in secret diplomacy at will. He was not merely executing the president's orders. He himself was free to make national policy as long as Nixon was happy with him. From oh Kissinger's God. shadow, quote, Kissinger, according to Marvin and Bernard Kolb, knew almost instinctively that he would be able to control the bureaucracy and thus help reorder American diplomacy only to the degree that he became indistinguishable from the president and his policies. Rogers at state was opposed to the idea of escalating the war into Cambodia. Laird at the Pentagon was for it, but thought it needed to be done above board, legally and publicly, through the normal chain of command. This gave Kissinger an opening, letting him stake out an A-plus ultra position. He wanted to bomb. He wanted to bomb in a way that inflicted the most pain. And he wanted to bomb in absolute secrecy, completely off the books. Fuck yeah. As a result, every war crime committed by the United States during the Nixon administration, every bad thing U.S. forces do, particularly the, under, the, under the ages of special operations, at least, right, uh, has to be considered one of Henry Kissinger's crimes because it is his job to personally sign off on all of them. Um, and he is, Mike, he is not just a rubber stamper. He is, he is actively pushing for things. So we are going into very specific detail about one specific crime. If you find a bad thing that the U.S., that U.S., the CIA or special forces did from 1969 to 1973, Henry Kissinger gave that the old thumbs up. So, again, it, we're going to have to leave out a lot. <laughs> it, it doesn't even sound like 
it's I mean, it's like ego based. Yeah, it's it's not even I mean, there's 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 so little actual and it just shows you like what happens when you're in a bubble. Yeah. But I mean, I just don't think most people would would be capable of this. But it's it is. It's just like it's not really from anything other than he is just feels great being at the helm of this. And, and, and it's, it's what, an extremely powerful position. And it's such a bad idea. Like if you proceed like a moment, get ourselves in the headspace of someone who thinks all of this is morally justified. It's a bad idea because a a person can't competently manage all of this. Right. Like, yeah. this is too yeah, they much. Would, yeah. they, right. They would be like, look, I need help. I mean, yeah. this is, we're doing what we came to do. Like, a reasonable warlord <laughs> would be, like, yeah, delegating more. rational, <laughs> yeah. level-headed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, so, when he was signing off on bombing runs, Kissinger poured over raw intelligence documents, which included information on exactly, in many cases, down to the number, how many civilians lived in a certain oh, target, target area. Ah. Um, now, sometimes it was a little bit less specific in this. For example, Area 704, which had, quote, sizable concentrations of civilians, uh, didn't have an exact number, but was bombed 247 times on Henry Kissinger's orders. And since we're going to be talking a lot about bombing, we should discuss exactly what that meant in this case, because all bombings are not created equal. The bombings Kissinger directed were carried out by B-52 bombers. These are massive planes. These are like the size of the big international commercial aircraft, roughly, right? These are not like fighter jets and stuff. Right. Um, these fly too high to be seen from the ground, and they are incapable of meaningful discrimination between civilian and military targets. This is not an era in which there's much at all in the way of precision-guided bombing, and the, with a B-52, you cannot even attempt precision. You are dropping explosives blindly from like a mile up. I want to quote now from a write-up by Taylor Owen and Ben Kiernan for Yale. Quote, <clears throat> A single B-52D Big Belly payload consists of up to 108 225 kilogram or 42 340 kilogram bombs, which are dropped in a target area of approximately 500 by 1500 meters. In many cases, Cambodian villages were hit with dozens of payloads over the course of several hours. The result was near total destruction. One U.S. official stated at the time, we had been told, as had everybody, that those carpet bombing attacks by B-52s were totally devastating, that nothing could survive. It's like... A sturgeon with eggs. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is just completely indiscriminate. Yeah. Uh, One Cambodian survivor, because people did live, as we've stated, these are never as good at killing people as the military likes to claim, which is not to minimize the horror. It's just like it's also not it doesn't work. Um, Except I mean, one uh, one Cambodian survivor of U.S. bombing described it this way. Three F-111s bombed right center of my village, killing 11 of my family members. My father was wounded but survived. At that time, there was not a single soldier in the village or in the area around the village. 27 other villages were also killed. They had to run into a ditch to hide, and then two bombs fell right into it. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, it I mean, is. Yeah. It, <laughs> you, cannot, you cannot exaggerate the, the extent to which this is indiscriminate. Yeah, it's um, just total madness on top of madness. Yeah. I mean, there's no, yeah. People are rightly furious about, like, bombing in, in, in Ukrainian cities right now. What the United States is doing in Cambodia is eliminating grid squares on a map of all right. life. Like, right. yeah. 
Um, Which is a country that has nothing to fucking do. Yeah, some dudes are walking through it, you know? Like, it's cop (sighs) logic. We're like, well, a a guy who stole a car was seen in this neighborhood, so we had to shoot anyone, someone we saw in the window of their house, you know? Like, it's that kind of shit. Um, Which I guess it makes sense that cops act the way they do, because this has always been the way people with guns and power act everywhere through all time. Yeah. 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 So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So the ostensible purpose of all this carnage was to put an end to North Vietnam's ability to wage war. But a huge factor for both Kissinger and Nixon, even larger than any actual like impact on the war itself, was to preserve their personal power. That's right good. after the bombing of Cambodia began, Nixon sent Kissinger to, uh, to talk with the Soviet ambassador, a fellow named Dobrynin. Uh, in Henry Kissinger in American Power, Thomas Schwartz writes, quote, Kissinger put forward a straightforward uh, put forth a straightforward domestic political account for Nixon's motivation and thinking, noting that Nixon is not seeking a military victory, but he cannot go down in American history as the first U.S. president to have lost the, a war in which the U.S. participated. Oh, <laughs> oh. I mean the uh, the uh, the honest like you'd think you'd at least lie about. No, it. no, just the uh, oh my god! Look, oh. it's uh, murdering a uh, democide is one thing gareth but dishonesty to your I friends just, it's just it's disgusting that's i feel like a parent look the, the soviet ambassador someone kissinger drinks with you know yeah he's exactly. not gonna lie to him exactly I, mean, I just i would love to see a version where he just keep up an appearance look he can't we just nixon hates losing that's what this is about we can't These take the L. people yeah it's So between March of 1969 and May of 1970, more than 3,630 raids were flown across the Cambodian border. Each was approved personally by Henry Kissinger. The New York Times broke this story to the American public for the first time in May of 1969. Um, So that's pretty good, right? Like the New York Times actually is pretty quick on this and reveals what has happened. This prompts protests and international outcry. That's one of the frustrating things about the New York Times because there's a million things to be angry at them all the time. And then it's like, oh, and they also... We're the they first people these, to reveal this horrific crime against humanity. Because there they are have, these bright yeah. spots where yeah. you're like, oh, you fuckers. Well, I can't, it's like a broken yeah. clock, though. It's, yeah. you know, every now and then. It's like a broken clock. But when it's right, it's about like the massacre of civilians on an industrial scale. <laughs> <laughs> but also when it's wrong, it's about the massacre of civilians on an industrial <laughs> yeah. scale. Yeah. So... Mixed bag. <laughs> um, so there's immediately protest and international outcry. Armed students seize a building at Cornell University, which is very based. Uh, students at Kissinger's own Harvard engage in a two-week strike. Ever PR savvy, Kissinger agreed to meet with student protesters in order to prop up his image among liberals. Oh, he God. told them, if you come back in a year and things haven't changed, we won't have a morally defensible position. So like, hey, you know, that, I know it's all fucked up. I've got to fix this whole messed up. It's been going on for years. You know, I'm working on it. If you come if back I in find year, out I who's behind it. this, I will <laughs> figure it out. <laughs> I figure Once out I find out who's the bombings. problem, there's a cog in here. Give me, um, give me one year to kill all the babies. And it yeah. also shows how fucking crazy you are. Like, if you're doing this, you know... You'd be like, look, hide me. I do not want to talk to the fact mm-hmm. that he's like, I'll meet with them. It's he like knows he can make yeah. it work. Yeah. Get me on front of it. Get me on front of it. I'll I'll just tell him what's up. Like, look, we gotta kill we gotta kill people for like a year. Let's let's see how it goes. Give me yeah. a year. I'm gonna bomb the shit out of just villages and shit and kill a bunch of babies and ladies. You have and no idea and how many after babies. A year, <laughs> it's after just a nice. year. Nice to be back right at Harvard. Mm-hmm. Look at the campus. You guys, you guys really changed you, a couple of things, huh? 
You guys this are awesome. just like, you guys are like, oh, I heard something bad. We're just getting started. By the you way, give me a just... year is an amazing thing to say <laughs> when this it's on this list. Look, <laughs> yeah. if this is happening in a year, we'll revisit. It's like, yeah. yeah. No, not a year. <laughs> you don't get to revisit this. You know what we should end. revisit? <laughs> we should revisit where we are in the story after this break. Yeah, break let's, let's revisit people. the sponsors of this show. You yep. know who else? You know who else need a year to keep? Killing. Yeah, look, if 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 has not stopped the carpet bombing of Cambodia in a year, then then you can cancel your subscription, you know? By the way, talking that's menus. Those yeah. are menu options. Speaking they, of it's very menu. much like yeah, it's very much like a White House visit with a hello. What do you want to make a quesadilla or do you want to do this chickpea salad? What do you have to? There's options. You want to do a flatbread margarita style? Oh. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The J-Lab J-Buds line has something for everyone. Are you a J-Buds mini kind of person? Those are the smallest earbuds on the market by a major brand. They're compact. They fit on your keychain. They are perfect for on the go. And they come in really cute colors. Or are you going to do the J-Buds Air Sport, which has a secure fit, they're sweatproof, and they have the be aware mode that allows you to exercise while still being aware of your surroundings. Well, I need that because I run outside. You always got to be on alert. Okay, I'm getting some of those. You can do that too. Use Nikki 25 for 25% off your order. Visit JLab.com. Come to find your kind of tech. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moon roof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if people have learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. Mint Mobile wireless plans are 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan. You think, what's the catch? But there isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. 
Mint Mobile is here to rescue you with premium wireless plans for just 15 bucks a month. All plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. You can use your own phone and bring your own phone number along with your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new 3-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com/behind. That's mintmobile.com/behind. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash behind. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Ah, we're back. So, uh, there's congressional inquiries about the illegal carpet bombing of Cambodia. On what grounds? What are they after? They they smell some smoke? I should also note, uh, uh, seizing Cornell offices with, with arms dope actually yeah. sitting down with henry kissinger to let him talk about how things aren't really that bad not dope maybe throw dope. a stapler at his face you know something you you fucking hit him really hard <laughs> try to hit face. him you know at least give him a shoe you know you've got uh, options yeah. somebody no, from a people... fucking baseball team at harvard had to have been able to hit him with a fastball there are people that if you're around <laughs> you should Cheney, Bush, you yes. get around certain people, you get close to them, you should fucking hit them. Mm-hmm. Hit you them just, hard. Uh, look, Dick Cheney is basically like a charging phone. Just unplug him at this point and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Just whatever his little plug turn, is, just be like, Turn yeah. on a microwave next yeah, to him. Yeah, yeah just, throw, just have a microwave and an extension cord and put yeah. it on popcorn and throw it in his lap. Yeah, um, but look, we, we, we all know, everybody here knows, that eventually Cheney and and Kissinger shed their human skins and become one ball of energy. Mm-hmm. I think they, Kissinger currently is shedding his human skin. If you've seen him lately, it looks yeah. like he's halfway through the Fingers molting. crossed. They, yeah. But the two of them merge and then, you know. Wings pop. Oh, yeah, I get mm-hmm. it. So they kind of become like a like a Cerebus or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, yeah. Then, then they're one. It's like Come a, on, a, Henry, let's get out of here. Finally, they got true form. Mm-hmm. It's and like then a human they, centipede of evil. Then oh, they locate weird. and nuke microbiological life on Europa. <laughs> <laughs> we are this is a war crime no one has done yet. Oh, I love culminating. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't see this coming. So uh, there's congressional inquiries. Kissinger gets brought before the Senate, where he assures everyone that Cambodian territories bombed by the U.S. were all, quote, unpopulated. He knew this was a lie at the time. We know from briefing documents Kissinger received that he was warned in detail about such things. The breakfast bombing target, he was told, was inhabited by 1,640 civilians. Dessert had 350. (laughs) It's just just like uh, ice cream. Yeah. (laughs) You wouldn't. Get angry at me for bombing a Baskin Robbins, would you? <laughs> would there are you, no people there. Who, who, uh, Senator, who hates cake? Mm-hmm. It's called the who magic shell. <laughs> so Nixon eventually initially blamed Kissinger for the leaks that had uh, revealed the story of the bombing of Cambodia to the New York Times. Um, and this is because Kissinger brings in a lot of like liberals, like a lot of Kissinger's staff um, are not Republicans, are not like right wing guys. Yes. They're like northeastern liberals. Yes, um, because. Yeah. And that, not this that is he's charming. Different. They are Wrong. not. But he's Nixon charming. is like it must have been one of these East Coast liberals you brought in that leaked it at the Times. Right? Oh, he th- right. So he thinks yeah. it's an extension of Kissinger, not Kissinger yeah. himself. No, no, no. He doesn't think Kissinger. Kissinger. No, like, that would be you nuts. No, someone's really up to something. <laughs> Somebody's fucking around. <laughs> Somebody's a big asshole. I won't tell you who though. Um, Kissinger, but this Kissinger's is Kissinger's like bringing Woody Allen in. He's funny. <laughs> he tells he's, he's good. He, I, I this like is. Him. Some good context on how 
comprehensively shitty a person Kissinger is, how incapable of real loyalty he is. Uh, Thomas Schwartz writes that in order to preserve his own position, Kissinger had to throw large numbers of his team members under the bus. Quote, Kissinger called FBI director J. Edgar Hoover and gave him a list of those staffers in his office with access to the information, telling Hoover that he would destroy whoever did this if we can find him, no matter where he is. Among the first to be wiretapped was Morton Halperin, who had helped devise the NSC system, Helmut Sonnenfeld, Kissinger's fellow German Jewish refugee, and even Winston Lord, the man Kissinger later called his conscience on foreign policy issues. And all there would be 17 FBI wiretaps by the White House, 13 on government employees, including Kissinger's staff, and four on newsmen, among them Kissinger's British friend who was a reporter for the London Times. It's a meteoric rock. It's like American Idol level sudden impact as far as because I mean, as you pointed to, he wasn't like this crazy. I mean, he was crazy, but now it's like he's just it's on roids. The level that he the level he's gotten to and the level of insanity that he's gotten to is really even for this country (laughs) historic. Yeah, it's um, it's pretty cool. And just like it's great. He is he's not capable of even like treating his very loyal friends well. Um, So, yeah, this would come back to bite Kissinger and Nixon in the ass in the not-too-distant future, but we're going to take a while to get to that because there's a lot in between there and now. So uh, let's return to Cambodia. It is worth noting that Operation Menu achieved nothing. It was useless in a military sense. The enemy command and control facilities they were ostensibly trying to destroy were never taken out. And it was useless from a negotiating standpoint because North Vietnam did not bulge. Uh, Budge. Bulge. In oh, May of they 19- bulged. Oh, they bulged, they baby. Fucking bulged. <laughs> In May of bulged. 1970, Nixon I'm decided achieving. to escalate again by ordering a ground invasion of Cambodia. He announced this with a typically unhinged speech. And again, this is public because at this point, you know, the New York Times has revealed things. So we live in an age of anarchy. We see mindless attacks on all the great institutions which have been created by free civilizations in the past 500 years. What's happening? It's because kids are like protesting in colleges. Yeah. (laughs) Like, yeah. Uh, He framed it as a test of the nation's, quote, will and character. Um, Oh, seriously. He's right. When one of his staff members, when Kissinger's staff members balked at plans to illegally invade Cambodia with ground troops, troops, Henry told him, quote, your views represent the cowardice of the Eastern establishment. This staff member... (laughs) William Watts tried to physically attack Henry Kissinger, who <laughs> hid behind his uh, desk. Ah, uh, so, it's just like if that—if he was only able to just kill him, what? A, yeah. what a, imagine yeah. the ripple. If only there'd been a sharper letter opener on the yeah, desk. Yeah, if he could have yeah. just penned and put it like a pen through his neck. Yeah, um, it's very funny that Kissinger did at some point have to hide behind a desk to stop so his own tough, staff from assaulting. So strong, him. bombing everywhere, yeah. and then he's hiding under his desk. All right, so relax. So this staff member, uh, Watts resigns right after this. And when staff member Anthony Lake echoes Watts' concerns, Kissinger, presumably still hiding behind his desk, calls Lake not manly enough to do what was necessary. And so Lake resigns too. (laughs) Yeah. Bold words from behind hiding behind a desk. Yeah. Big tough guy. Four days after Nixon's speech announcing the invasion of Cambodia, four students were shot dead at Kent State during a protest over the invasion. Nine more were wounded. Two weeks later, at Jackson State, police shot into a crowd of black students protesting the war. Two were killed and 12 wounded. The invasion prompted some of the first consequences and only consequences Kissinger ever faced. Stern rebukes from fancy academics he respected. 
a group of them, men who had often acted as his brain trust and advised him uh, and other presidential advisors on issues, marched into his office after the invasion. One of the men, Thomas Schelling, opened by saying that he supposed he should explain who they were. Kissinger responded with confusion that, I know who you are. You're all good friends from Harvard. Next, from Niall Ferguson's Kissinger. No, said Schelling. We're a group of people who have completely lost confidence in the ability of the White House to conduct our foreign policy, and we have come to tell you so. We are no longer at your disposal as personal advisors. Each of them then proceeded to berate him, taking five minutes apiece. Now... Is he this under sounds, the desk like, at this point? Th- it's if, like that if, scene from uh, Rudy when they all hand in their yeah. uniform to get Rudy to play. <laughs> it's, that, that, it's, it's like that. This and whole this story's is like, like Rudy. If you have, um, uh, oh God, what's his fucking name? I'm, I'm spacing, the West Wing motherfucker. Uh, oh, Aaron Sorkin. Aaron Sorkin. Which, if Aaron Sorkin's West writing that. The motherfucker. That is the yeah. best description of him. <laughs> if Aaron Sorkin is writing this, this is like the heroic moment where like right. the conscience yeah. of like the American ruling class like comes in and is like, this is not right, Henry. And, and really, <laughs> that's bullshit. That's not what's happening. And Ferguson goes on to note that these guys were kind of full of shit. They are well, th- all Washington insiders. Uh, they have advised, Schelling advised LBJ to massively escalate violence throughout the, the war in Vietnam. Uh, Ferguson continues, and this is his explanation of what they were really doing, quote, for these men publicly breaking with Kissinger, with journalists briefed in advance about the breach, was a form of self-exculpation, not to say an insurance policy as student radicals back on the Harvard campus ran riot. When Newstat told the Crimson, I think it's safe to say we're afraid, he did not specify of what. Others were more candid. As Schelling put it, if Cambodia succeeds, it will be a disaster, not just because my Harvard office may be burned down when I get home, but it will even be a disaster in the administration's own terms. So Ugh, it's amazing. It, it, uh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, honestly, that's what this happens on the dollop a lot where I'm like, all right, we got a hero. And then mm. immediately I'm like, more villains. God damn it. I mean, to the extent that there's some heroes, the kids on these campuses who are actually like yes. lighting buildings on fire and destroying right. things, they yeah. do make Henry Kissinger and his academic friends afraid and uncomfortable briefly, which is more than mo- anyone else does. Yeah. yeah and would, <laughs> I mean, this this would kind of be the last time that mm-hmm. that even happens yeah. really right that like yep. a, that the pre- people in the, that level of power do feel any sort of like threat yeah. from the so the regular folk yeah credit where it's due they are the only people that i'm aware of who made henry kissinger briefly feel something that vaguely resembles shame so emotion yeah good, good like seriously good work yeah, yeah. um <laughs> But of course, you know, that doesn't stop anything, obviously. No, <laughs> no he's no, got, the, yeah, not. he's got, he's yeah. got many desks. Yeah. Uh, so Cambodia uh, falls into chaos as a result of the, as most places would when bombed on this level, right? Yeah. Hard to maintain a state with this level of things exploding. Um, it is unclear precisely how many people die in Operation Menu, the subsequent invasion of Cambodia and the bombing campaigns that followed. The low estimate is 50,000. The high estimates are 150 to 200,000. 30 to 50,000 Laotians die in the bombing campaign, which makes the sparsely populated nation the most densely bombed place on Earth. 30% of these bombs failed to detonate, and in the years since the bombing, another 20,000 people have died from the estimated 80 million bombs left in the soil. 40% of the victims are children. 
One aid worker said of the situation, There are parts of Laos where there is literally no free space. There are no areas that have not been bombed. And when you are in the villages now, you still see the evidence of that. You see the bomb craters. You still see an unbelievable amount of metal and wreckage and unexploded ordnance just lying around in villages, and it's still injuring and killing people today. What a legacy. Now, if any of this concerned Nixon and Kissinger, they I, did not I would show like it. To, I would like hmm. to just throw out there that I... I do feel that gardening should be more dangerous. So uh, yeah, I mean, yes, and nobody's in disagreement about that. that. And we have okay. enough bombs in this country to make gardening a lot more dangerous. Oh, can we shed? Yeah, that, that is my twenty twenty-four. Earn your fucking beans. <laughs> if you, if there's not a one in three chance digging up a potato loses you a goddamn arm, you're not really a gardener. <laughs> So, uh, how are the it, tomatoes? <laughs> Ken's dead. <Yeah. laughs> Ken died. If any of this concerned Nixon and Kissinger, uh, we have no evidence of it. We know that in 1972, Nixon asked, How many did we kill in Laos? Uh, and the press secretary, Ron Ziegler, responded with a guess maybe 10,000? 15? Kissinger agreed. In the ocean, in the lotion thing, we killed about 10, 15. This is how they talk about... It's the showcase showdown. <laughs> Three to five 9-11s worth of people. I mean, it's the, way you, it's the way you talk and about... Yeah. Uh, 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 did you get, like, one bag of grapes or two? Uh, yeah. I think I had two bags of grapes. Oh, what's like, the cover yeah. fee to get into that to get into that concert? Oh, it's like 10 or 15 bucks, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Except I mean, for this they're, is... They're, they're just complete and total fucking psychopaths. And they're off by a half, at least, you know? It's hard uh, to get accurate, yeah. you know? death tolls here. Uh, and the bombs were not the only thing left behind by the campaign that Kissinger orchestrated. Greg Grandin writes, defoliation chemicals did their work. Just over a two-week period, April 18th to May 2nd, 1969, U.S. dropped Agent Orange caused significant damage. Andrew Wellsdang, who has long been involved in relief aid to Southeast Asia, writes, both the U.S. government and independent inspection teams confirmed that 173,000 acres were sprayed, 7% of Kompong Cham province, 24,700 of them seriously affected. The rubber plantations totaled approximately one-third of Cambodia's total and represented a loss of 12% of the country's export earnings. Washington agreed to pay over $12 million in reparations, but Kissinger tried to defer the payment to fiscal year 1972, what when the money could be asshole. paid without a specific, without a special request that would have revealed U.S. cross-border activity. Every effort, Kissinger wrote, should be made to avoid the necessity for a special budgetary request to provide funds to pay this claim. Oh, my God. Look, we're going to we're going to we're going to oh. get the money. You're going to get the money. You're going to get the You're money. Gonna get the it's money. Just, uh, it's just going to take a while. I just need to. It's like I a tax thing. Move. Yeah, I need to move some stuff around. Oh. Just but you're going to get it. It's fine. I, uh -huh. you know, let, let's just keep it on the on the DL. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. It, it, the it, Secret he is, Service wasn't calling Trump Agent Orange, by the way, uh, if that wasn't his code name, that's a disappointment. That is, I mean, yeah. there's a lot of reasons to be disappointed in the Secret Service, but that is one of them. That's my um, number one. So the loss of life and economic damage caused Cambodia to spiral into chaos, or at least it was a factor. Other stuff's going on. We, we have a couple episodes about King Notre Dame Sahanuk, who was a real piece of shit and the king of Cambodia in this period. A lot's happening. Um, but unrest by the, caused by the bombings and the economic devastation helped to spark a right-wing coup, which was likely orchestrated with CIA help and thus with the direct input of <laughs> Wait, Henry Kissinger. You guys are looking minute. to change things up here? We've got a plan. we got an idea. What's so the matter? Coup, what happened? Someone bomb you? Well, let, why don't we provide some help? Yeah, exactly. And the coup, you know, overthrows the king, who then starts backing the Khmer Rouge, uh, oh, who they, then win. They, they're great. Yeah, their counter-revolution against the right-wing coup, and this leads to the establishment of Pol Pot's Khmer Rouge government. Ugh. 
Yay! Once the Rouge took over in 1975, Nixon had left office. Kissinger, though, was still in power. In November of 1975, he told Thailand's foreign minister, you should also tell the Cambodians that we will be friends with them. They are murderous thugs, but we won't let that stand in our way. We are prepared to improve (laughs) relations with them. Uh, I mean, mean, we get get, it. We get get it. Kissinger... I mean, they're my people. We're murderous thugs. I get it. Murderous thugs. I'm all about murderous thugs. I think we could find common ground. This man wants to kill a million people. I think that is a cute start. Yeah. (laughs) I feel adorable. In 1988, when questioned on this, Kissinger explained that, quote, the Thai and the Chinese did not want a Vietnamese-dominated Indochina. We didn't want the Vietnamese to dominate. I don't believe we did anything for Pol Pot, but I suspect we closed our eyes when some others did something for Pol Pot. Of course, the United States attempted, at least, to provide direct military aid to the Khmer Rouge in order to help them oppose Vietnam. And there's a lot of debate and uncertainty. It seems that very little, if any, actually made it to the Khmer, but this is primarily because of difficulty getting shit into Cambodia at this point in time. Um, But it is fair to say that Kissinger and Nixon's actions were crucial in creating the circumstances that brought Pol Pot to power. And once he was in charge and massacring people, they tacitly supported his government because they thought it would stymie the Vietnamese. In total, from the killing that started when the U.S. bombing raids began, to the people killed by Pol Pot's regime, to those who died fighting in in the fighting with Vietnam that finally brought the Rouge to an end, 1.7 million Cambodians died, more than a quarter of the population of the country pre-war. It's it's so incredible how... Their ideology of just communism bad. They're like, well, communism will kill a bunch of people, and they're just fucking everything they can to save those people. They're well, and it's ju- also like, like they don't even really believe communists because the, the Khmer right. Rouge are communist as hell, and they're fine with working with them because it's Vietnam is the ones who beat them, and so they're angry at Vietnam. Yeah. And it's like, and Vietnam fights Cambodia. Like it's not. There's no. These people what? don't believe in anything. <sighs> Yeah, there's not good lessons to take from this, but um, no, it's it's really someone should like, have stabbed Henry Kissinger. That's for sure. <laughs> oh, oh God, just if that guy so many, stabbed him. Yeah, God, there's so many people we should have stabbed. I mm-hmm. mean, there's so many, but Kissinger's way up there. And in in this story, right? Like, we're not obviously you can't blame all of the deaths in Cambodia on Kissinger. A lot, of, just like you can't blame all of the deaths in Vietnam on on Kissinger and Nixon. But like, just so the many degree though. to which he's central to a lot of the worst yeah. actions in these wars. Is, well, and so the I, I I keep thinking about the point you made in the last episode, it, where it you know the idea that LBJ that that he broke up the LBJ plan to sort of end all of this mm-hmm. and just for um, political reasons made that not happen. And that just that the Avenue that we are down now is just, I mean, pro, uh, it's unconscionable. And, you and know? there's, there's we, so much. We that's... also, we also, besides just the straight bombings, we destabilize areas. We yeah. change mm-hmm. the trajectory. Look, Putin is our fucking doing. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. fucking took out the government. We we t- Yeltsin, all that shit. That was a fucking. Well, American, I'm not going to let you, know, you sit here and talk shit on Yeltsin. He was a very in control of what he was doing. Towards <laughs> he the end definitely there. knew what was happening. It wasn't every, like having a bottle of Smirnoff in charge. Nothing that but happened. Ev- yeah, everything we get involved with turns into a fuck pie. I mean, it's just we just create chaos. Yeah, well, we're it, murder Midas. It, it, it's this. It's this thing where we're talking about like how how insane it is that Kissinger is micromanaging these bombings, which is not to say that like the military men who were doing it before were particularly better. 
And this is the problem that like we're going to have, you know, w- w- with Ukraine and whatnot, too, is just that yes. like, well, now we have all of these people who are supposed to be or the people we call experts who are now going to be doing things. And like, if you mm-hmm. actually look at their resumes, it is not a wide ranging history of successes, you know, right. and it is the same thing with Russia. You could look at like Russian intervention in a bunch of places. It's a nightmare. It, the kind of people who are in a position to make calls when the conflicts get to this level are always ghouls. And they're always bad at anything but causing devastation. And that's why all of this keeps happening. Um, Because none of these people are any good at it. And no one gets punished for failing. And nobody ever gets punished for failing. They just keep rising up. I mean, the fact that Bill Crystal is still saying what anybody should do anywhere in the world. You're like, what in the fuck is going on? Who gets gets to go? Who goes away? Whoever goes away. Favoriting his tweets. Imagine. I know somebody who lost their job at a grocery store because they got arrested protesting for like protesting against police violence. Oh, Um, my God. Meanwhile, (laughs) meanwhile, (laughs) Bill Crystal's like a guest on media shows. Yeah, it's it's (laughs) Bill. What do you think? Well, I mean, uh, (laughs) Um, I yeah, it's it's frustrating. Every now and then, far too seldom, you get a story like that billionaire Russian arms dealer whose yacht got partially sunk. But there's like three of those stories for every thousand Kissingers. Yeah. Um, And they don't ever mean anything because that guy can afford to fix his fucking yacht. So no, yeah, it's like when they were. they were yeah. egging Bezos's boat when it, when he was getting that bridge torn down. Yeah, you're like, eh, I mean, this isn't sure, as satisfying boat, as some people are. Pay- yeah, it's like yeah. He'll, he's gonna have someone hose it down, and that's he's really, fine. Yeah, everybody, <laughs> you look, yachts burn. We know yeah, this. We've seen it. They burn. That's the thing. Yachts burn, and so do Bill Crystals. Bill's oh. crystal. So I think it's like an attorney. Bill's, no, yeah. Thing. Actually, when you yeah. burn him, he just turns into a few crystals. <laughs> so Greg Grandin, author of Kissinger's Shadow, sees the bombing campaign in Cambodia and Laos as the terminal phase in what he calls the crack up of America's domestic consensus, which had begun under Johnson. Kissinger considered conditions in the country at the time of Kent State to be, quote, near civil war conditions. The paranoia Nixon had felt led him to push for illegal expansions of domestic surveillance, which eventually led to his ouster from office. The Senate investigation into the Watergate scandal concluded, quote, Kent State marked a turning point for Nixon, the beginning of his downhill slide towards Watergate. Nixon grew increasingly unhinged, which is a story for another time. Um, <laughs> Wait a statement. Hey, Nixon's starting to yeah. lose it, gang. It is worth noting that for all of the things happening at this point, Nixon is, as a rule, anytime I quote him and Kissinger, Kissinger talking, Nixon is, as a rule, drunker than you have ever been. Right. Like, than you have ever been. I don't right. care yeah. how dr- how drunk you've gotten, you have never gotten Nixon in the White House hammered. Um, wow. That's amazing. So, With Kissinger's help, uh, Nixon cooks up a plan to pursue an arms control treaty in order to discredit his political rivals. Kissinger agreed that attacking the left was the right way to distract from the disaster they'd created in Southeast Asia. Mm -hmm. He told his boss, we've got to break the back of this generation of Democratic leaders. Nixon responded in agreement. We've got to destroy the confidence of the people in the American establishment. Good news on that one, buddy. Yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah. You know what? A, a rare swish. Uh, and he's drunk and he's right. Yeah, that is a hole in one for you, my friend. Uh, no notes. So prescient. Yeah. Yeah. Re-election in 1972 was always going to be dicey for Nixon and Kissinger. Nixon's plan was the infamous Southern strategy, cultivating racial resentment in order to turn whites into a reliable Republican voting bloc. There's a lot to be said about this. Obviously, we... 
we're just kind of breezing past it. But part of the strategy, part of his strategy for doing this to get these southern whites on his side was to continue carpet bombing huge chunks of Southeast Asia, even though this had no <laughs> impact on the war's course. And he knew it. Jesus Grandin Christ. described the continued bombing as, quote, blood tribute paid to the growing power of the American right. Ugh. And as yeah, <laughs> just and it, I mean, it, it is like I mean, you, it's it's what our politics is now, which mm-hmm. is just constantly the optics on how to get reelected. It's just yeah. the number crunch on how do you get reelected by doing yeah. things illegally or, you know, shifting priority, whatever it is. Or but, unmasking. Yeah. Yeah. Or cha- yeah. Cha- whatever it is. I mean, you know, uh, like we all know that war helps poll numbers so well some of them do (laughs) yeah Yeah. right but i mean in the in the short term it seems like it's it's a short there's a short term gain to be made certainly if you're on the right for sure yeah yeah yeah. and it's um it it is uh, worth noting because i always had this idea even at past the point where i stopped believing henry kissinger was a hero um that he was doing what he was doing in Southeast Asia because there were like very specific wonky things he believed about the conduct of the war and how to win it. Right. And he was just like willing to do these horrible things. But like, no, they know it's not winning the war. This is for votes. Yeah. And Kissinger. They, 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 yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you're, just, you're basically just saying it is just a a white supremacist thing. They're killing yeah. people of color to make whites in the South happy. Yeah. That's all we're saying. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. White that's... supremacist, the country. But that doesn't yeah. fit on a lawn placard. <laughs> yeah. Get one of those, like, in this in this house, we believe that in the Nixon house, administration. Yeah, we, we believe in covering up for our war crimes with doubling down on racism. Yeah. In order to... And so it's worth noting, too, Nick, Kissinger isn't just micromanaging the... Um, the actual racist bombing campaign that they're doing to get votes. He is also the front man Nixon sends out to talk to right wing leaders to, 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 to try oh. and like pump them up about this. Nixon sent him to talk to Ronald Reagan, then the governor of California. Ugh. Kissinger sat down on Nixon's behalf with Billy Graham, with William F. Buckley, with oh, Bob Hope. fucking names. Oh, yeah. my God. His patter went like this. The president wanted me to give you a brief call to tell you that with all the hysteria on TV and in the news on Lao, we feel we have set up everything we set out to do. Destroyed more supplies than in Cambodia last year. Set them back many months. We achieved what we were after. Well, I'll tell you, I really, I, I can't wait to go out there and rally those troops there, Hank. Having, having just been doing some research, he is friends with uh, Frank Sinatra. Frank would call him on the phone. Yeah, that sounds right. That fucking uh, sounds right. <laughs> can I get a nuclear weapon? Is that possible? Frank Sinatra with a nuke. That's, yeah, there's no people left if that had happened. I put um, some Agent Orn in <laughs> Dean Martin's drink and he didn't notice, baby. <laughs> Kissinger spent a particularly long time bragging to Ronald Reagan about the administration's achievements. Quote, we wouldn't have had Cambodia. We wouldn't have had Laos. And we wouldn't have had an $80 billion defense budget, you know, without Nixon getting elected. He also told Reagan, we wouldn't have had Amchitka. Now, Amchitka is an island off the coast of Alaska. In the early 1970s, the White House wanted to nuke it for a lot of complicated reasons. Mainly- <laughs> no, I get that. Uh, yeah. This is one thing I'm actually, I was totally yeah. with them on. Not other islands, but specifically <laughs> Amchitka. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More like <laughs> Amchitka. <laughs> So the White House wants to nuke this island off the of coast course, of Alaska. Sure. And As a lot of like, environmentalists and indigenous people, just folks whose oh, brain are... Oh, here we yeah. go. Oh, like, I don't, want, I don't want a fucking island <laughs> Why do they hate freedom? Yeah. They hate 
freedom. Here's Greg Grandin again. The test had no military or scientific benefit, but was seen as something of a ritual by the right. Fireworks to celebrate the end of Johnson's presidency when many oh hawks like God. Curtis LeMay felt the United States had fallen behind on nuclear development. Then when public opposition to the detonation began to grow, Nixon had a chance to show conservatives that he would stand up to liberals. He let it be known that were the Supreme Court to issue an injunction against the test, he would go forward anyway. The court didn't block the test, but Haldeman told Kissinger to play it for politics anyway. Tell Reagan we're taking an unmitigated heat in order to keep that thing going. We need all the support of the right. Later, after the test was conducted, Nixon met with Senator Barry Goldwater and mocked the fears of environmentalists. The seals are still swimming, the president said. I'm damn proud of you, Goldwater told him. I need to get a bucket to barf in. Yeah. When people when people think uh, uh, like, oh, uh, we've we've become dumb recently. We've always yeah. been so fucking stupid. Yep. It cannot be emphasized enough. Yep. It, We're just really dumb. I honestly I I I definitely th- thought that we've I mean it, it is a shocking level of dumb. It's the fact that it's just this dumb. Yeah, and they, it's just been going on for s- an island because because yeah, they because, wanted a fireworks show. And then it, yeah, because he wanted fireworks. And it's just also, so they could tell Reagan. Yeah, it's, like his fucking, it's like his gender reveal fucking party. Like, right, right. Uh, Jesus Christ. It's a bomb. It, it is worth noting for the sake of talking about how dumb we still are today. Um, Curtis LeMay, who was one of the people cheering on the bombing of this random island, is essentially the hero of Malcolm Gladwell's book, The Bomber Mafia, which talks about how cool the bombing apparatus we set up was and how it helped keep things peaceful and built uh, the wonderful Pax Americana that I'm sure these Cambodian civilians we've talked about appreciate it. Well, that's the one where you need to, once you have 10,000 bombs, you're an expert. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. right. That's right. Yeah. If you drop 10,000 bombs, bombs, you're an expert. An expert at bombing. Yeah, that's, that, that's, that's exactly. So in order to be able to do it right, yeah. you have to do it wrong for log a long time. Log those bombs. Yeah, you got to log the bombs. That's exactly right, Gareth. So part of what made Kissinger remarkable, though, was his ability to rope conservatives in line for mass murder while also charming the entire liberal establishment of the East Coast. Nixon's chief of staff later recalled, we knew Henry as the Hawk of Hawks in the Oval Office. But in the evenings, a magical transformation took place. Touching glasses at a party with his liberal friends, the belligerent Kissinger would suddenly become a dove. And the press, beguiled by Henry's charm and humor, bought it. They just couldn't believe that the intellectual, smiling, humorous Henry the K was a hawk like that bastard Nixon. Ugh. It really is all about like if if, if 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 Donald Trump had to- had talked like an Aaron Sorkin character and like quoted books that people don't read but know are smart books, he would have been the most popular president in a generation. Like well, and I mean that'll happen. Yeah, you know, no, they'll like, figure one of them will figure it out. Yeah, yeah, it'll well, they'll hit the right get mix. cracked, and you know, you gotta, you gotta dial the racism down a little, yeah. and you gotta dial the polite up, and then kind of equalize them, and then you can, you yeah, can and then bomb the, if you, and then more, with the right access yeah. to the right people in media, yeah, you know. I mean, we already saw that. I mean, even under Trump, where you've got all these fucking reporters who had these like bombshells about horrible crimes being committed that they like didn't release for a year and change because they got a book deal. Yeah. Uh, yeah, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, John cool. Bolton was basically just Joke. there to write a book. <laughs> yeah, everyone was. The whole administration was. <laughs> yeah. They're like fucking Navy SEALs with the books. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
So Kissinger's <laughs> reputation was as a brilliant computer-brained policy wonk, but his success came from his charm. He was able to win reporters over with a mix of leaks and effusive praise for their work, something that made them feel like insiders and thus sympathetic. He had a regular series of lunches with Arthur Schlesinger, a liberal historian, whom he made sure to conf confidentially inform, quote, I have been thinking a lot about resignation after the invasion of Cambodia. Schlesinger was not privy to the information that proved Kissinger had planned the whole thing, so he believed Kissinger when Henry said that he'd only kept working for Nixon to prevent more damage to, quote, institutions of authority. Kissinger would warn his liberal friends that if he resigned, Spiro Agnew would run foreign policy. He was basically threatening, if I'm not here, the far right's going to be totally in power in foreign policy. I'm the only one keeping things from going it's, crazy. It's like wow. Sessions and tr with Trump. Yeah. I mean, there are multiple people like that. But yeah. the amount of times that people will be like, oh, McMaster's, you know, these are the good guys inside yeah. of the, you know. Look, the I hate just... this too as he's drawing on a map where to right. annihilate. Yeah. Right, yeah. Whoa. And it yeah, works. So it always works. Yeah, because and it works. And it works a, over and over and over again. As a rule, if their job is to be a journalist who spends their time face to face with powerful people, they're bad at their job. Yeah. As a rule. It's, Every it's now like, and right. then you get it's, an exception. But right. as a rule. <laughs> yeah. No, it's like when Chomsky points out to that reporter that he's yeah. the re why he's sitting in that seat. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you get the yeah. odd people who are willing to like report on the Pentagon papers or whatever. And like do you know you get or the Afghanistan papers with yeah. Washington Post not to not to downplay the fact that there are people in those institutions who do do damning reports on on power, but also the level of complicity within the broader media apparatus means that even when you get a damning report on, for example, the war in Afghanistan, which the Washington Post, if you've read that, it's yeah. it's utterly damning. It yeah. Didn't do anything. Doesn't matter. Yeah, like does, well, doesn't stop they're, anything. They're, they're very. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, and then the, and the reason why people do it less and less is because you're attacked so. I mean, it mm -hmm. works. The, the yeah. public attacks discredit you, and then you are you are what you are. You're no yeah. longer you no longer get access to that information. Yeah, it's great. So, a good example of how Kissinger used his charm is a speech he gave at MIT in January of 1971. He started off by feigning a confidential air and telling the students that Nixon had not been his quote first choice, but that in time he'd come to see the bombing of Cambodia as the only quote sensible path towards <laughs> Vietnamization. Vietnamization Jeez. is like the process of the U.S. getting out and South Vietnam taking over, right? That's the the big buzzword <sighs> Nixon and, and wow. Kissinger are using. When one student asked him what it would take to make him resign from the Nixon administration, Kissinger said he wouldn't quote unless gas chambers were set up or some horrendous moral outrage what <laughs> wait wait what is it what? what does that mean exactly he wouldn't get out unless unless, unless nixon was setting up gas chambers i mean what the fuck what? the dude who said he like his childhood to an his, audience. Chi his childhood didn't affect him in any way yeah outrageous <laughs> and it's confidence the fuck. student and it's, it's interesting because in the the student who asked this question of kissinger later realized like is there really a difference between forcing people into a gas chamber and incinerating from them, them from yeah, the sky right. with a bombing campaign? I guess not. But at the moment, this doesn't really occur to him. And at the moment, he writes, quote, he had sounded so sincere, so sympathetic, so much one of us. And right, I'll, I'll blame the journalists. Like, I'm not going to blame a student for falling for Henry because, like, he's essentially still a child. Mm -hmm. And Henry Kissinger is the most powerful man in the world. Of course, he's good at talking circles around these fucking kids. Um 
The week after that speech, Kissinger and Nixon sent ground troops into Laos after another massive round of aerial bombardment. This involved 17,000 South Vietnamese troops supported by U.S. air power. It was a catastrophe. 8,000 South Vietnamese soldiers were killed or wounded. The United States lost 215 men. Nixon considered it a victory because it played well with conservatives. When oh the media, my fucking God. <laughs> and he's Jesus drunk. Christ. And he's drunk. Yeah. <laughs> he is, and he's, he is. That's, hey, that's pretty good, isn't it? That's not too bad, huh? Oh. He, he just, he just pounded back an entire bottle of vodka before yeah. saying that. When the media savaged Lau as a pointless bloodbath, Kissinger ran to his boss and complained about vicious coverage, saying, if Britain had press like this in World War II, they would have quit in 42. <laughs> Both Kissinger and Nixon saw Lau as a win because it benefited their domestic chances of re-election. As Nixon told his right-hand man, the main thing, Henry, on Lau, I don't care what happens there. It's a win, see? Oh, a win, see? So he's a little gangstery. That's right, Henry, it's a win, see? It's incredible. Dirty coppers. Oh, and as the re-election campaign churned forward, Kissinger was about to help his <laughs> boss engineer another win. And this one... Boy, howdy, you think we've seen a body count so far. <laughs> oh, oh, my God, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm, still, uh, but that's, I'm still mourning that island off of Alaska. So now they're in sweeps. Yeah, yeah, now they're hitting sweeps. And if you think uh, hundreds of thousands of Cambodian dead plus aiding in the deaths of another million or so was bad, it was. It's, just, it's really bad. It's a historic crime. But also, Henry Kissinger's just getting started. So, I'm we're going to talk about that in part up, four. Baby. <laughs> You guys want to plug anything? My ears. <laughs> yeah. Just death. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, I remember God. I because I when I I did an episode on our podcast about Tim Leary and there's mm -hmm. a lot of the you know uh, Nixon Law and Order President stuff in there mm -hmm. and God, how yes. drunk he was, but also his lunch every day was uh, pineapple circles with cottage cheese in the middle, and. Um, God and so that was his that was his daily drunk lunch. And then there's the one night where where he's starting to feel the heat. Well, maybe I, I don't know if you'll get into that. Well, he basically he goes out hammered with his valet and he goes and oh, talks yeah. to some of the people protesting him. And like one of the he wakes one of these guys up and he's like, you really think I'm a bad guy? And the guy's just like, what the fuck is going on right now? <laughs> like, <is that> Nixon? <laughs> Drunk Dixon um, out, out cruising. Yeah, well, we'll, um, we, as, you know, look, it sounds like the world loves America after hearing some of this stuff. So we will be going to Australia on a tour. Um, mm -hmm. You can go to dollopodcast.com for those tour dates. We'll be touring uh, America. And um, even if we do badly, we won't uh, bomb as hard as Kissinger and Nixon. Yeah. I mean, it, it would be hard to. <laughs> it would be pretty, pretty tough to bomb on that level. I don't, I don't, honestly, we still have a lot of bombs. I don't know if we have enough bombs to bomb that hard anymore. I don't think so. I yeah. honestly think we that, could pull our pants down and fight with our penises and still people yeah. be like, that's eh, not a, I've seen, I've heard of worse bombings. I, I have seen a couple of cities leveled by American bombs at this point, and it's still not as much as fucking Lao got bombed. Um, it's just, Jesus it, Christ. Yeah. He cannot process it. It's and so uh, many may bombs. as well, yeah. uh, I'm on the road too. go to garethreynolds.com yeah. for tour dates. Yeah. But, um, feels, feels wrong mm -hmm. to do that. Yeah. It's a hard promotion. Well, it's gross. I will, put in a plug for the concept of death because as long mm -hmm. as as long as men die you know 
there's all of these ghouls eventually had to face the end of 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 everything in the same way that that those people in Cambodia did. And one but, day it will come for Henry Kissinger, and he will be frightened and alone and and left with I nothing. So. But his I feel crimes. like he bombed the Reaper. I mean, he like yeah, he, he is yeah. uh, the level of melting. Uh, I mean, he is. I hope he dies. I hope he just. I hope he shits himself and then slowly dies over eight hours. Yes, it needs to be like that. Shit. He needs to be. It needs to be a letting. There's a, you know, the one war criminal in all of history who got close to what he deserved is Reinhard Heydrich, the architect of the Holocaust, who stupidly charged a bunch of assassins and got wounded by a bomb and sh- shat into his own guts for several days until he died yeah. of sepsis over the course of a week and change. <sighs> that's that's the kind of death. That's war porn. And, and, and not just Kissinger. There's like 30 people we've named in this story who deserve that kind of death, yeah. right? <laughs> there's a lot of folks. I mean, yeah, Pol Pot that's... died old. And, and relatively, you know, yeah. unpunished. You know, they all, most of them do. Not all. That would them. be yeah, a great to hear a judge sentence Kissinger to that. Like, it would I be sentence you to shitting in your own guts for about a week after a bomb uh, yeah. disembowels you. That's that's the right that's the right punishment for for this kind of stuff. Um, mm. all right. Woo. Yeah, yeah. Hi, everybody. Robert Evans here, and my novel, After the Revolution, is available for pre-order now from akpress.org. Now, if you go to akpress.org, you can find After the Revolution. Just Google akpress.org, After the Revolution. You'll find a list of participating indie bookstores selling my book. And if you pre-order now from either of these independent bookstores or from AK Press, you'll get a custom signed copy of the book, which I think is pretty cool. You can also pre-order it in physical or in Kindle form from Amazon or pretty much wherever books are sold. So please Google AK Press after the revolution um, or find an indie bookstore in your area and pre-order it. You'll get a signed copy and you'll make me very happy. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80 live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste, the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. 
Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.